All right, it is July 15th, and this is your number one highest rated of Krav Maga podcast, Kravcast. I'm your host, Dwight Henderson, here with Ken Rickstad, owner and operator of Krav Maga Raleigh. This is Kravcast brought to you by the return of Game of Thrones. You've probably forgot about that show, so we're giving it the Kravcast bump, that yeah. little indie piece. Right, yeah, cult classic. It plays on that very tiny channel, uh, home box office, uh, uh, known to us who watch a lot as HBO. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you should. Uh, you probably haven't heard of that show. You should check it out. All the seasons are online, either by subscribing to HBO or by, uh, I, you know, uh, Amazon like had a whole bunch of rights to yeah, their old did. stuff, but I don't think Game of Thrones is on there yet. Right? Yeah, I think um, it may have even been on there for a bit, but came off or something like that. Yeah, like, it, and even if it did, I mean, it would be all the older stuff, which is fine because right. you just gotta catch up. You yeah. only have um, six seasons to get through. Right. Uh, a little over an hour each episode, mm-hmm. twelve episodes each. So uh, ten uh, episodes, right? Ten episodes. Yeah. So all we're asking it's a real is small show. Just a real quick sixty hours of your day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to catch up on that. Yeah, just binge, just watch them all in one day. Yeah. I wonder uh, if um. So I have not watched a lot of the old episodes because I don't know you don't. I guess I don't feel a need to. Like gone back and watch them? Yeah, like or, gone back okay. and watch them. Yeah. I, I think it would be jarring to watch the old episodes because of how young a lot of the actors and yeah, actors are. Because, right. you know, kids grow a lot in six years. So right, a lot of them yeah. are a lot older and bigger and noticeably mm-hmm. older. So yeah. I imagine binging it would have this weird effect of like, wow, they've really aged. Right, yeah. Uh, um, right, because, you know, in the show, a lot of time is passing. Probably not as much time as is passing in real life between yeah. the episodes, but you know, I think I think years are passing. Oh, okay. Uh, well, years ish. I mean, they've got kind of a weird thing going on, but um, you know, enough time for people to grow and get a little bit older, but not six years. You yeah. Know? But yeah, when you're watching each each season with a year between the seasons, um, and since the they're only ten episode seasons, there really is like there are forty two weeks between every season or yeah. more now. Um, so yeah, so you don't notice it, but um, but yeah, if you went back. Watch like season one right into season two. Yeah, like, it had to be jarring. Like, wow, they yeah. really grew a lot. Right. And I think season two picks up right where season one left off. Probably. That's the thing, though. I think sometimes the season bookend. Yeah. But I guess you could assume a season, the idea of the season that takes place over the entire year. Or yeah, or the entire something. I mean, yeah. I, I do think a lot of time is passing. Because remember, these people are like walking all over. Yeah, and that takes West a long Ross. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, or they're sailing across the sea for presumably months at a time. Um, or conquering multiple cities. Like sometimes. Like, right, yeah. You like know. they'll conquer like one city in one episode and another the next episode. Yeah, like that, that, that take took more than time. two days. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I'm sure um, there's probably some really dedicated fans because even small things like Game of Thrones will have like those super dedicated fans. Yeah, absolutely, fans. like five or six people that just right. really know a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there's a timeline out there uh, or maybe the author, um, you know, maybe he put something out. I don't think he was very detailed, but he, <laughs> yeah, he, no, he, may not have, at all. he may have come up with a timeline. I mean, the books are really thin and yeah. I mean, it's very... He's usually just about getting him out, you yeah, know. He's, yeah, <laughs> huh. really just uh, uh, he's all about brevity and, right. and he's like cocaine era Stephen King. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. that Stephen King wrote some long books then too. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Let's move on. So check out that cool little show. Speaking Game of, of shows, let's talk about movies because yep. they're both filmed on cameras. Uh, this week in Krav, we had a Krav movie night. This yes. was last night, yeah. as of the recording. But uh, who knows how many nights it's been mm-hmm. uh, by the time you have found a USB drive in a desolate wasteland <laughs> because you are an apocalyptic right. survivor and you have found this podcast on that. And, uh, and someone's like, we need to pass on all knowledge to preserve civilization in one form. How can we do it? Crofcast. Exactly it. All right. So continue on. Movie night. So yeah. we watched a movie called The Last Dragon. Yep. Uh, and it's a 1985 
movie. I don't know how you refer to years uh, in the post-apocalyptic wasteland you live in now, but uh, 1985 as we see it. Yeah. Um, time is relative. <laughs> uh, anyways, and it's... Uh, Man, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it it really is. And not to say it's a good movie, but it is much better than you think it's going to be. It's certainly not a bad like it's not a bad movie. I think the appropriate way to approach it was the way you told us about the movie, where it was kind of like you had that attitude. You just said like, ah, it's not a good movie, but it's fun. Yeah, and then it was that allows you to appreciate what it is when you're right. watching it, as opposed to like hit someone and being like, oh, this is a really good movie. You're really going to like it. That yeah. would, probably would have ruined it. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely more than the sum of its parts. It's not like The Room or Troll 2 or something where the enjoyment is how bad it is. Yeah. Um, it, this movie's f- fun because it's really, really earnest. It, yeah. It's, it's so – it's just so cheesy and earnest and it really wants yeah. to do everything. And it's really aware of itself. I it is, that, yeah. I don't know if that's what you mean by earnest, but like it – like there's a lot of lines and scenes where you can tell like e- there are characters in it, not a lot of them, but there's like a few characters that recognize how ridiculous the premise is. Yeah, right. You know, and – uh and that's probably the, the most enjoyable characters. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of characters in that movie, yeah. actually. There's like four plots going on. Con- yeah. In fact, um, I didn't know how they were in, like, there's kind of two main villains, and I didn't know how they were going to tie them together. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they came together very nicely. They did. It's a, yeah, it's funny. It's, you know, the thing is with, um, if you could just replace everyone in the movie with like an Academy Award winner. You'd have, I wouldn't say you'd have a, a more fun movie necessarily, but you'd have a movie that kind of held together pretty well. Yeah. William um, H. Macy is in it yeah. for like half a second. Yeah. And he's an Academy Award nominee. Right, yeah. Like you could, re, you could remake that movie and have a pretty decent like, you know, kung fu action movie. Yeah. It's just um, the, the acting is not the strongest. Well, the, the writing is really ridiculous. It is, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of the, like the main villain is uh, a huge racial stereotype and like yeah. – um. Yeah, just ridiculous on all levels. Yeah, wears uh, like football shoulder pads. Ah, it's so great, the uh, Shogun constantly. of Harlem. Yeah, just in case, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about um, Leroy Green, aka Bruce Leroy, and his fight, uh, his quest to find to get to the final level and achieve the glow, and his fight against the Shogun of Harlem, Shonuff. Yeah, but there's also that's, another. That's villain. the name. Of, like real quick, like. That's the name of the character, yeah, Show Nuff. Show Nuff. And then my favorite bits are like when people refer to him as Mr. Mr. Nuff. Nuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's really it's a really fun movie. And I like it was great having so many people there. I thought we were gonna have like, you know, fifteen, twenty people, something like that. I we might have might have had twice as many. Yeah. Um and it was a lot of fun. It was really great, like as the movie went on, people started getting into it more and more and yeah. you know, um ooing at the at the cheesy romantic stuff yeah. and laughing at the at the funny stuff. So one of my favorite parts in terms of like crowd interaction, if you will, was there was a scene where the main character's in like a more or less a ninja outfit and he's like sneaking and everyone was dead silent. Yeah. The movie was dead silent. Like everyone stayed silent. It was yeah. awesome. And then when when everything went ridiculous, everyone went right. back into like joking and, and Yeah, right. So yeah, you know, you could people were into the movie. Yeah, like um, it was fun, and afterwards, everybody, or at least enough people, were very enthusiastic about it and asking what the next movie was going to be and everything like that. It'll probably be Miami Connection. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think we need to like do it next week or anything. So in a couple months, we'll do another one. Um, uh, yeah, you can't have too many of them. Then people stop going. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep them wanting more. Right. Exactly. Always keep them right. wanting to come back. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Fitness. 
the Sleeping Beauty Diet. So yeah. this is ridiculous. So um, the article that we're going off of came out in June 28th of this year. I don't know when the diet like became a fad, but the, basically the idea of the diet is to sedate yourself anytime you get hungry. Um, they talk about people sleeping up to 20 hours a day so that they just don't eat. The idea is right. like, go to sleep so you don't eat. Um, now, a problem with this is that a lot of people are using probably the, the biggest problem other than the fact that it just doesn't work is that um, <laughs> is that people are using sedatives to do it. So they're taking Valium or they're taking Xanax uh, to put themselves to sleep. But like, that's really bad for you. <laughs> like, right, and what yeah. I mean by that is like, you don't want like people who go on sleeping pills. The idea is to to get them off sleeping pills as soon as possible because you want you want to be sleepy on your own volition, not not because of medication. Right. Um, as with any, as with most medica- uh, medications like that, like the idea is to get you back into a cycle and then, and then get you off. Um, so like, yeah, people are just taking sleeping pills when they are hungry so that they don't yeah. eat. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't know, of course, how widespread this diet is, but... Um, yeah, I'm sure it's not nearly as popular as like, it's just a... You know, that's like a, when your local news story talks right. about how many kids are huffing paint. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. That many kids really out there huffing paint. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this is, I mean, this is really bad because, um, yeah, there can be all sorts of, it says, you know, you sleep too much, you get depressed. And then, of course, you know, then it's not going to help your diet either, aside from the fact that you're also depressed. Um, and I'd also imagine a lot of people are probably, if, like, people who are following this are then probably, like, skipping out on work or social events or things like that or, or you know, exercise just to sleep more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is just awful. So I said I don't know how long it's been long around. Now it does say here that the first reference to the diet can be traced back to 1966 and Jacqueline Susan's best-selling novel, Valley of the Dolls, where protagonists would take sedatives and check themselves into Swiss sleepy, uh, sleep clinics to lose weight. Um, and then apparently Elvis Presley used it in the 70s uh, to lose weight, which I guess over time didn't work. Um, <laughs> It's funny because one of the, you know, it, it's a it's a cliche and not helpful, but people say, okay, eat less, move more. Yeah. And this is eat less, sleep move more. zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, okay. So I guess this article says that it's gotten a resurgence on pro-anorexia blogs, which yeah. first of all, the idea that there are any pro-anorexia blogs is mind-blowing. Yeah, that's so awful. Um, but uh, like, yeah, people are just like promoting this because it keeps you from eating. This quote at the end here is so chilling. It's, um, quote, I just take some really strong painkillers. They usually dope me out and I'll nap for hours. They kind of mess with your stomach and curb your hungers a bit, so I do it all the time. I love sleeping to avoid food. It's pretty easy for me because I'm tired 99% of the time. Yeah, you're tired because you're not eating. Right. Like, you're wasting away. This is insane. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I'm... Like, there's just not much else to say about this because it's just... It's, yeah, it's, it's insane. And, it's like, if, such a if, disorder. And it, even if one person is doing this, like, that's too many, really. Yeah, like, someone needs to be talked to. Like, hey, yeah. like, you need to Yeah, not if you're following this, that. you're probably, like, well, okay, you're not supposed to say... There, there's probably something serious going on with you if you're following this diet, like, if, if this appeals to you. Yeah, there's some, like, other issues that yeah. need to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. likely. Um, I know you're not supposed to, and not to like dismiss that. The point is that hey, that you get, should address get the those help issues. You need. Yeah, like, um, it's okay to need help. 
Yeah. Um, and this is certainly like it's the first probably thing to realize that this is an unhealthy way to go about things. Right. Yeah. Jeez, um, that's scary. Now, the big point of this is, is similar with like anorexia where they talk about like what happens is people don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. And then they and then they binge because right. they get so hungry and then they like they go into this vicious cycle of feeling guilty about that and then don't eat, don't eat and just do this back and forth. And that's the same thing like people on this sleeping diet are doing where they don't eat, don't eat, don't eat binge, feel guilty about that. Um, and then don't eat again. They just mm-hmm. do this vicious, vicious cycle. Yeah, man, that's really rough. Wow. Well, there you go. So don't do that. Yeah, if please, you're doing that, stop please doing don't do that. Go, please go talk to a doctor. Yeah. Gosh, that was... And get the help you need. That got way more chilling the more we talked about it. Yeah. It, it was much worse. Yeah. It's like, things like this, it's so easy to just be like, oh, that's dumb. Right. And kind of want to be... And I, I'm not saying we were great about not doing this, but it's like, oh, that's dumb. Let's insult that. But yeah. it's like, no, it's dumb because people, like, yeah, yeah, it's a bad idea, absolutely. But, like, it's not going to help right. to call those people dumb. Like, they're trying to do something. They're going about it the wrong way. And yeah. you got to, like. And it's really, really dangerous for them. Yeah. Ken's not tired. Don't worry about it. That was nothing. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> he's going to, he took a side of because he's worry. hungry. I'm, I'm. Not about to sleep. I'm about to eat a lot. Yeah. So and then I, I might I might take a nap. Yeah, a short control. It's nap. the reverse of the sleeping diet. <laughs> yeah, he was like, put yourself the, in a food coma. I'm on the eating diet. Yeah. Okay, let's move along. Uh, this we're doing a Crocodile explains. I mean, it's not really much of a Crocodile explains. It's just we really wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Um, Crop, where the the Crocast talks about Crocast has a discussion, but not like actually the previous Crocast discusses. I think this is a valid Crocast explains. I mean, if someone yeah, doesn't know is. about this, we're going to explain it to them. Okay, fair enough. Should we call this Crofcast Splains? Yeah, Crofcast Splains. Yeah. We're splaining. Uh, the, uh, so the Pope <laughs> said you can't use gluten-free communion wafers? Yeah. Uh, um, it seems like the, the main thing is that that has to be, like, the idea is that the, the bread must be purely of wheat. Um, I think the church dictates where you can buy them from, and maybe okay. the problem was that Going gluten free was buying from people who weren't necessarily sanctioned. Okay. All right, just buying all these off-brand wafers. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's like, anyone? It's like, not Jesus, but it tastes just like him. Do you think anyone just binges on wafers? Wafers like just eats a I'll, whole bunch. I'll bet of them? some. I'll bet at the very least some kids have like some um, altar boys like just sitting like, back like take a handful. Yeah, of them. they're just like hungry or whatever. You know, I don't blame them. Yeah, sure. They're. Like, um, if a yeah. if a tiny piece of Jesus is good for me, then a handful of Jesus right, should be even better for me. Um, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So th- this is this is very interesting. This is this is a big conflict internally here for me between my um, my uh, derision for gluten free and my derision for uh, magic. <laughs> So we got it, got it kind of both going on. Like I saw this as like, yeah, Pope, way to stick it to him. But then I was like, wait a second. You're sticking it to him by implying that it actually matters what this wafer is made of. Yeah. You know, it's just ceremonial. Um, but I know more, more gluten-free people uh, directly, so I guess that's, that's what I'm going with. Anyway, um, so they, they did, the church directive does say that low-gluten hosts are valid provided they contain enough gluten to obtain the confection of bread without the addition of foreign materials, without the use of procedures that alter the nature of the bread. So they actually, um, the Benedictine Sisters of Perpetual Adoration of Clyde, Missouri, 
after a decade of work, came up with a Vatican-approved wafer using wheat starch and water, and it contains just 0.001% gluten. They're doing some yeah. really, like, uh, in, really in-depth good research. Science. Yeah, like, <laughs> really good science yeah. to come up with. Although, I mean, as I'm not, you know, always complimentary of religion, but, like, Catholics, in a lot of ways, have been, like, the most scientifically... Um, except it's like they like I like, think we talked about this before. Where it's like they hold some views, maybe just personally, we talked about this. Like they hold some views that are very pro and and recent science, right. and then at the same time, they're hold also these really archaic. Right, views. they're also doing yeah. what? Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, the exorcist. Yeah, right? they're still the doing exorcisms, exorcisms but yeah. they're also like accepting of evolution and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, Pope Francis has been um, pretty progressive as far as they go. Um, I think he said even. So even atheists could get into heaven or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he did. And then like I don't think that went like, over well. <laughs> yeah, he's saying stuff like that, but then also like women can't be heads of clergy, you know. Like, oh, so right, like yeah. it's still like there's, there's still these dichotomies. There's and some stuff. work to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, whatever. Um, and, I, and I think and never mind. Let's get off that. Let's just talk about this. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, I appreciate the church sticking to the idea that like you know. It's bread, thus it has to contain gluten. Um, and, you know, they've they found, believe it or not, they found a loophole. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or actually, this is, you know what, that's not fair. This isn't a loophole. This is just, um, this was just hard work to find something that fit. So that's a little unfair. There are enough other loopholes I don't need to go creating. Like, they did a bunch of science for a problem that shouldn't exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, I, like, okay, that's fine. Right, yeah. But it's kind of funny to me. Um, you know, like, oh man, we got to really figure out how to still have gluten in this. So we're following doctrine, but it needs to be gluten-free because we have people who don't, you know, most time probably just don't want gluten. Not necessarily they can't handle gluten. Right. Um, Although, um, so I was reading an article about gluten, you know, stuff the other day. And um, it said a lot of people that have celiac disease don't know it. Yeah. So in that sense, let's say you've got, you know, a few hundred people taking communion. There's a good chance that some of them... um, wouldn't know it. Now, I guess, I guess though, you wouldn't have gluten-free or low-gluten communion wafers just on the off chance someone would have celiac disease. Um, so, like, you've got 100 people taking communion, and if one of them has celiac and doesn't know it, he's just going to get the the high-gluten host. Yeah. But then maybe after after he's like, oh, that hurt, then you can say, okay, we've got a special one for you over here, Snowflake. <laughs> um Yeah. Or, like, yeah, I guess there's hedging their bets. Kind of like you keep peanuts out of a lot of stuff because you don't want... Right. You know, but that's way worse because, like, I don't think you'll die from anaphylactic shock from celiac, but, you know. Yeah, I think it's just, especially a host, you know, a communion wafer being pretty small, I, I believe it, it, it will hurt. Um, so I guess, does that mean that there's, like, two, two lines for communion now? Probably not. They probably just, like, some churches are probably just handing out the gluten-free ones. Right. Because you, you wouldn't, I mean, for, okay. the whole, for the whole congregation. We are the wrong person to answer this, but, like, you wouldn't just have them on your own, like, in your pantry, right? No, I think the church has them. Okay. So maybe they have like two bowls or something. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not there. I don't go. Right. Haven't been. I've been to one. Oh, uh, speaking of eating things, um, tell us about the apple. Eating the apple from oh the bottom Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. so, um, a rare, <laughs> a rare Croftcast actually follows up segment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did it. I ate the apple from the bottom up. All right. Um, quick recap for all of our new listeners this week. Yeah. What did we talk about last okay, week? Okay. So last week we talked about. That there was like I had come across a um, different way to eat an apple because okay. like everyone how do you eat an apple you eat from the sides and then you you get rid of the core but 
uh, other than, and like when I say a different way, I mean how to eat a whole apple, not like different way to like slice an apple. Um, but like somebody was talking about like they eat the apple from the, from, they said from the top down, but I, I ate it from the bottom up. Okay. And I actually went and like watched a YouTube video oh, about nice. it. Um, because I was just curious. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I said this last week on the podcast. So I was going to go do this. So I did it. And you did and it. And it's awesome. Because, you know, Dwight, uh, this is serious. One of the things I like about you is if you say you're going to do something, you go do it. Yeah. I like, follow through. You do. You really do. You follow through. <laughs> um, so the, so I'm going to explain all the reasons why this was amazing. Um, so first of all, the, the mess is significantly less. Uh, you don't have to uh, – you don't stop at the core and then have a thing you got to throw out. You end up eating the whole stuff. Uh, whole thing, but you do have to throw out the seeds. So you have to like. I just had like a towel in front of me. It's not like a paper towel. I just put the seeds on that and then got rid of them. Beach um, towel. Yeah, I had a beach towel, and then I spit the seeds as far as I could <laughs> on the beach towel. Um, so the all the things I enjoyed about this were that the the mess thing. Um, you uh, like every bite had skin. Okay. And I and I like that because like right. I one thing I don't like about eating an apple from the side. Even though, not that this necessarily didn't happen eating the other ways, I hated getting skin in my teeth. But I also hated when you were just eating down to the core and there was no skin left. You were either getting too much skin or not enough. Yeah, or like, right. or getting no skin at all was right. always kind of a bummer. Okay. But eating it from the bottom, I would eat from the uh, from the edge to the center, okay. and then kind of rotate around. All right. And so you're always getting skin. The end is, has skin on it, right? You eat, like, the very last bit has nice, right. like a nice chunk of skin on it. And so every bite is satisfying. The core is not, um, like, a problem. Like, the core doesn't feel tough. Uh, it's you, it's noticeably tougher than the edges, but for biting through it. But once you're chewing, there's no, like, sensation that feels like, oh, this is tough. It tastes all great. I don't know. It's a great experience, okay. and I highly suggest it. All right, fantastic. Eat it from the bottom. Center. Think I, how I did it was, like, Top teeth in the center, a little bit past the center, and then okay. you know come together. Awesome, very it's exciting. Great. Thank you for doing yeah. that. It's and, great. And people gonna, say journalism will, is dead. I will never eat apples another way again. And I'm so not gonna it, lie, I feel like, like a monster. But if, if someone like sliced an apple for you, would you be like, no, I, yeah. I'll eat a sliced apple. Let's okay. not be ridiculous here. Okay. But All right. I'm saying, but in terms own, of a whole yeah. apple, I will never eat an That's apple awesome. differently again. Very cool. Now, I did do it with a Granny Smith, and I haven't done it with, like, okay. a red apple. So right. um, red apples are more chalky, yeah. so I traditionally don't really enjoy them, but okay. maybe this way I'll enjoy them. Interesting. All right. Very cool. Oh, there we go. That's your Crocast follow-up. Okay. Growing Graham. Yes. This is Growing Graham. You took a motorcycle course uh, last weekend. Yeah. Let's see. So two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, from, actually, yeah. from when we're recording now. And uh, it was a great course. Um we wanted to learn how to ride for a while, and so I took the Motorcycle Safety Foundation's Basic Rider course. Yeah. I'd recommend it to anybody. Um, it's a great, just fun way to spend a weekend, and uh, you learn a lot about safety. So like, even if you don't ride a motorcycle after it, you'll be a lot less likely to hit a motorcyclist, um, and you'll just be a better driver in general. I've also heard a lot of people, like people who, uh, I've not taken that course, I want to take it, but like even people who grew up you know, riding dirt bikes or whatever, I've known that suggest the course if not simply because uh, after you take it, you know, if you grew up driving dirt bikes, it's different than riding on the road. But also, like, after you take it, you don't have to take the riding course of the DMV. Yeah. You just have to take the written test. Oh, it's fantastic. So, yeah. like, you get more time to work on, you know, your skills or whatever. Yeah, and there were a few people in the course that had riding experience, uh, and they they definitely did not 
uh, they definitely needed the course still. And, you yeah. know, they knew it. Like, they, they weren't being arrogant or anything like that. But it was like, uh, just because you can ride a bike, uh, you still have a lot you can learn from this course. Um, I mean, I could learn a lot from it by taking it again. It was a great course. It's like uh, you grew up shooting guns with your dad. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go take a course about shooting <laughs> right. guns. That's a great. With, like someone who's an expert about it. That's a great analogy. Um, all right. So the course was, there were 12 people in it. Um, and in general, it was pretty cool. But it was Friday night and then all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And Saturday and Sunday, we were basically outside all day. And if you remember, it was summer, so it was hot. Yeah. And it was, um, I mean, it's been hot for the last couple of weeks. So it was like mid-90s most of the day. And you're, you have to wear boots and long pants and long sleeve shirt and stuff like that. And you got to hammer it on most of the time. So it got pretty tough. And some people got pretty whiny about it. Yeah. And I just, it just made me realize, like, like I don't think I'm a t- particularly tough person myself, but I'm just kind of used to hanging out with, like, tough people. Yeah. Because, like, my analogy for this course was, like, oh, it's like going to phase, which is instructor training camp. You know, it's, it's all day. It's for a few days in a row. It's probably going to be physically challenging, but at the end of it, you'll have learned a lot. And, you know, there's not, I mean, there's not a whole lot of complaining at phase. And if there is, it's going to be like, what's that guy doing in Krav, basically? Yeah. People are going to shut that down pretty right. fast. Yeah. And phase, you know, you're actually like fighting the whole time or yeah. training or whatever. And this is like, we were outside, but you weren't, um, you know, you're just kind of chilling out on a bike. Now, you know, a lot of people there, they're a little, some of them were a little older or, you know, of course, they don't always have like an, as, an, as athletic a background or something like that. But a couple of people, especially on the second day, they started getting whiny. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, commoners. <laughs> um, and the other thing they did a lot was uh, they would, like, talk while getting – while the instructor was giving directions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I, this is not okay. Like, you could get hurt. Yeah. Like, listen to what they're saying. Yeah, and then, they'd be, then they wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, there was this, this uh, mother-daughter pair – uh, the daughter was like college age and the mother was a little bit older and the mother was French and the daughter spoke French. So they were always talking to each other in French while the instructor was giving directions. And that made it so much worse because yeah. although I like French, like just hearing it being whispered now, rudely. Oh, God. was the French mother, did she speak English fine? Um, her English wasn't great, but they weren't. Is, no, she wasn't, wasn't translating? Uh, just based on their personalities, I'm going to say no. Okay. Because uh, they... They'd always need explanation. On okay, the drill. it's not like she was talking and then they would able, were able to participate without right. issue. Yeah, the I mean, the mother's English wasn't great, but it was good enough uh, that she would have done better by listening to the directions. Yeah, and um, and yeah, if her daughter had been translating, then they should have there should have been fewer errors in the thing. And there's like one point we did a drill and it, it went fine, an exercise it went fine, but like one guy kind of went the wrong way at a certain point. And so afterwards, the instructor's like, hey, you know, you just went the wrong way here. Then he was like, oh, well, that's because she, you know, he's pointed to a different girl. like, that's because she was doing this. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're, you all suck, <laughs> meaning all two of them involved yeah. in this. They, they did both mess up. And the mistakes are fine. And the instructor was a super nice guy, really patient, um, way more patient than I would have been, you know, with all, all this jibber-jabber. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so most of the people in the course were pretty cool, but there were a couple, like, just kind of whiny people. Uh, yeah. And going around to them. Yeah. Because you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. It, like, everything goes quicker when you just be quiet and do the work. Right. Everything always goes quicker That's when so you great. do that yeah. in life. Like, every, literally, literally everything. Right. That's why, like, even in the fitness classes, I don't like people talking too much. Yeah. Is because, like, we're, like, we're trying to get through some stuff, yeah. you know. Um, let's, let's move. Yeah. Let's go. Because we're, like, the sooner you get moving, the sooner it'll be over. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
it's not about stopping people's fun. It's about like accomplishing what you got, what you went yeah. there to accomplish. Yeah. All right. And like trying to be overly serious at the studio, but still like, hey, we got like, you're here to work. So let's yeah, work. for sure. Yeah. Like nobody at, at, in a craft class, as you see, like nobody ever got safer from small talk. Yeah. You know, this is true. Okay. Moving along. This week in Krav, or coming up in Krav. Yeah. This um, week that will have been. Right. So we're recording as a level two workshop is happening. So if you're not there, then um, get you on the next one. Um, we have a level five workshop on the 22nd and a women's self-defense workshop on the 29th. That's the one with um, Miss North Carolina International. Um, and guys, don't ask me if you can show up. <laughs> I mean, I, there hasn't been a lot of that, but I just want to kind of keep it that way. Okay. Good. Um, uh, and uh, let's see, then August 5th, we just added a kids' workshop to the schedule. So that's on August 5th, 5th at 1230. And um, boy, then after that, we have level one and two workshops the next weekend. So we're back in the workshop grind. Already back at it. Yeah. Always back at it. it never Pretty ends. much, yeah. The end of the year always feels like this big, like, huh. I was like, oh, yeah, we got to start this right. all back. Well, like, the thing oh, is, yeah. so we're building up to level one and level two tests in September. Yeah. Then we're going to build up to five tests. Yeah. Because uh, I'm planning to have a level five test in December. And um, so, yeah, so we're going to build up to five tests in December. That's a lot of tests. Yeah. Fair number. That's going to be a long day. I, I, I won't let Cassie run any tests. <laughs> <laughs> Does she run long? Well, she ran that level three test that went on like so Oh, long. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, it wasn't even that long as far as crop tests go. It was just a little bit long for, our, for us. Yeah. And it was the last test, so it ran on for a long time. But we're gonna have to run like someone. We might have to start a test at like eight a.m., which is gonna be fun for nobody. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I think though the people who test eight a.m. At least I'm this type of person. I would rather get up and just get it over with. Yeah, I like a good nine nine a.m. nine thirty test. Yeah, like the idea of like having your test like two in the afternoon. Right. But remember, at eight a.m., you're gonna have to have breakfast at six thirty at the latest. Yeah. You know? So I mean, I mean, no, but, you know, <laughs> but not I'm enough. talking about my personal right. way of living life. Yeah. Like I would rather get up early to have breakfast to immediately go test and then to sit around all day thinking right. about the facts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, test. and whatever test, the level one test usually would be the first one and that one won't be the longest one. So yeah. if you have to get there at eight, you'll be done by 1030. Yeah. It'll be done in time for brunch. Yeah. So you get a very light breakfast and then have like some waffles. Right. And, and alcohol. Yeah. At 10 o'clock or later. Well, it's Saturday, so you could already drink. You could have it anyway. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Okay. Very nice. All right. That's everything. It's a lot of stuff. Yep. And it's confusing. We'll see you at everything. All the things. All right. Thank you so much for listening as always. And we will see you on the mats.